Driven Society podcast. This is Franz Bowen. This is Trav Weeks. Yes, sir. And with another episode of the Driven Society podcast. And we have another fantastic, phenomenal guest on Zoom today. Uh, our guest is a media and talent relations strategist and author of the yep. books Do It for the Gram, a quick caption guide for the millennial woman. And here to talk about her latest release, Dare Black Girl, Christina Hammond. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey. I'm Nina. Oh man, Nina is definitely a friend to the room. Um, this is a multifaceted, creative, uh, multifaceted connector um, across the board from PR to writing to journalism, just across the board. So we happy to have you on some changes since we last, you know, really spoke. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to be here. I mean, it's a little different, you know, virtually, but um, nonetheless, it's glad to be here. Definitely a lot has changed since the last time I saw you guys. Yep. Uh, new mom and all that good stuff. Blessings. Right, congratulations again. Yep. Um, yeah, so let's talk about just, you know, if we could start about where you're from, um, how'd you find your way? What was the first part of the uh, creative industry or music industry? Um, what was the first position you had that really got you into this world for you to make your moves the way you have? Okay, um, so originally from Washington, D.C., south side of Washington, D.C. Uh, always have oh. to throw that out there because people don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, born and raised in Washington, D.C., and then I went to college in New York City, LIM College, where I received my associates in fashion merchandising and my bachelor's in marketing. Um, I started at, I did my senior co-op at Atlantic Records. That was kind of my first introduction into, um, the industry. I'm lying. It wasn't necessarily, I mean, I had always been around it, but that was like my first official role in, um, on a business side. And, um, I worked in the international marketing department. So it was like amazing to be quite honest um an experience i don't like as a college student i was like whoa um i would do phoners like between their artists and journalists so lupe with khalifa um travi and like just their whole roster and so waka flocka was also one of their like artists I think that they were managing maybe not necessarily signed but it was when no hands came out so which is like my favorite song ever so it was like just a dream come true to well, you gotta say Dr. Waka Flocka now I see you're right he definitely is <laughs> Dr. Waka Flocka um so that was my first like taste of the industry and I ended up moving back to DC after college um I wanted to stay in New York, but my third roommate bailed out on us two weeks before the lease signing. So oh. it was back in DC, I had to go. And um, I was there for six years. And honestly, I was working in retail and I hated it. And I quit my job and decided to get an internship at a recording studio. So I was making money and then I wasn't making money anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was making $50 a week at my internship and I started off as like a social, just kind of tweeting 
through their programming. Um, The studio was called Listen Vision and they were actually ahead of the game now that I like look back. It was all online visual radio programming. So you could tune in from anywhere visually, like on the internet to watch these different radio shows. Way ahead of the game. This was 2011, 2012. Oh, wow. You know, they know what's so interesting about that. There are ideas that are really that great, but it's just way, and they just won't work. Like timing is the ultimate everything. I'm sorry, continue. No, I mean, that's real. I mean, literally you had I don't like there are a couple of heavy hitters that they had in rotation as far as their own shows on this online radio programming. And it was just so different because you could see the people. Um, so I started off tweeting and then one of our radio like legends, her name is Olivia Fox. She started her own programming and I would just like blurt out certain answers to questions she was asking the studio. And she was like, I like you come mm-hmm. talk to me. Um, so I started associate producing her show, um, which was amazing. So it went from her show to two shows and that's kind of how I got my foot in the door. It's just networking that way and utilizing the resources being these people that had names in the industry, especially in DC and kind of growing their brand, um, while growing in the industry. So my big break, if you will, came, I did, I would freelance as well to make money. Craigslist was my best friend. I would find random gigs to do production assistant. And I was able to do a PR assistant job for the Thurgood Marshall College Fund Gala. And after that, it kind of just took off. I was like, hey, you know, I like this, you know, running the red carpet, helping write these press release. Um, this is amazing. So I had a friend, or I have a friend, she's still a friend, and she introduced me to this girl group on YouTube. We sent them a pitch to say, hey, we want to do your PR. We've never done it, but we just now get in the game. Let's see what we can do. And their name uh, is Good Girl. Good Girl, they're out of Philly. They're They're dope. Yeah. So I was their first PR person. Um, I was their PR person until they got signed, their first contract. Um, and that was, again, like I was paying for my own flights. I was booking my own hotel stays, you know, I was paying for wardrobe for them to have, you know, in partnerships and branding, like, and from there it was like, okay, we're doing this. You know, um, I knew journalists from DC, Gia Peppers was one of the first people, like at the time she worked at NSTARS, which was like a celebrity news um, I guess newspaper, not newspaper, but like some type of production. And I was like, Gia, I see you doing this. Like I had this girl group. And from there, it, the pitches just started rolling out and we were getting responses and I grew with them as a brand. Um, and that, it was, it was crazy. I was like, this is really happening. Um, to the point where they were getting picked up on so many different spaces because them as a brand are like they were already amazing mm-hmm. but like booking them for shows at SOBs like that was all new to me so right. you know it was just but it was my foot in the door and mm-hmm. from there I was able to kind of just grow um how did I end up back in New York I was working for a another head of the game a digital web series festival as an event coordinator 
And I knew someone at NBC who was looking for someone to come in and work as an administrative assistant, to be quite honest. And I was like, okay. Mm. <laughs> like the title doesn't matter to me, the network does. So six years later, I was back in New York and that's kind of like how that. I ended up meeting you Ooh, guys. That's a bar right the title yeah. doesn't matter, the network does? Yeah, absolutely, because what I learned from my first manager there, my title didn't matter. He didn't see a title. Like I was his assistant, but he was like, I know that you're creative. So I want you to sit in these board meetings with me. I want you to come to me with ideas. I want you to read these scripts that are coming across my desk just so I can get your input. Um, because what they were teaching the top executives at NBC was that it's the assistants and these coordinators that have the best ideas because they're younger. They know what's in the market. They know what's popping. And so while you guys are focused on taking, you know, the VP or the SVPs to lunch, you need to look at these coordinators and take them to lunch. Mm. And so my manager respected that and was like, Absolutely. hey, whatever you wanna do. Um, he knew I love wrestling, fun fact, I love wrestling. <laughs> I love the WWE. And they had- I think it was a little late, but I did wanna- I think it might be a little delayed, but I, before you go, I wanted to ask, what was, what's your favorite part of the game, right? Like somebody um, understanding that you wanted to get in this industry and this entertainment industry, creative industry is all encompassing of uh, um, administration work, um, creative conceptualizing, um, relationships, networking, events, experiential, marketing, coming up with ideas. What's your favorite part when either working with a product, uh, um, an, an artist, a brand, what's your favorite part of the game? Um, my favorite part of the game is the face-to-face -face event, you know, event marketing. That's really where you can put yourself out there to a brand. That's where, like, you can show who you are. Um, a lot of the times, you know, journalists get a thousand pitches a day. Why would, you know, it's not why would they respond to your pitch, what makes your pitch different? It's really how do you stand out? So I believe that brands stand out the most when someone can see you, they can physically see you. Um, so being able to host an event for a client and invite the journalists, invite the brand that you want them to partner with, I think that's the best part because you see, it's like, I know this is a great brand. I want to make sure other people know that. So come out and see them. Um, and that's kind of where I would shine um, as far as the part of the game. Networking, it can get lost. You can get lost in networking. Um, but like I always say, you know, you treat the assistant just like you treat the CEO. And I think that's the part of the game that I enjoy too. Like I, I don't, titles don't mean anything to me. I just treat everyone with the same respect and operate that way yeah is um is pr kind of like the same by and large like you you definitely uh your your portfolio is a lot um wider than just you know music and entertainment right like you know you also represent dr jess is is pr like kind of like a one size fits all or do you have to adjust your strategy um um Okay, cheat sheet for me, I usually work with clients that the journalists come to. So 
it's not necessarily something I have to put out there or pitch Dr. Jess's phenomenal as a brand herself. So a lot of the times people come to her to be like, hey, we want to do this. Um, so just knowing the language, PR language, you know, I think is the most important part. And once you know that, you can literally operate in any space. What's good, everyone? It's Franz. Thanks again for listening to the Driven Society podcast. And check it out. We're very excited to announce InspireCon is returning again this year. Uh, after a successful inaugural event last year in Bermuda, we've partnered again with BEDC Bermuda to create an inspirational event focused on creativity, success, and wellness. There are going to be a lot of dynamic guest speakers, and I would love for you to be able to attend virtually. So check it out. Go to inspire.con, C-O-N, and as in now, go to inspire.con. RSVP, get your slots, get your tickets. Hope to see you there. Stay driven. Um, yeah, so jumping into the book, um, tell me about it. Um, I'm, I'm so, uh, I'm somebody that is like, very interested in believing an advocate of like affirmations and telling kids affirmations. I feel like that space and time, especially from a young mind, you, you, you know what I mean? It's so important that you, you say these things and it's, it's so much power in your word. Um, tell us about your book. Tell us about why you started it and just tell us about how you feel and you know, the energy not that it's out. Um, so I wrote the affirmations or the book in 2017. I was still in DC. Um, and I was ready. Like, here's this book or here's this poem, start as a poem. Um, I was just thinking about where I was in life and what I wish I knew um, at that point in my life. And so it starts with childhood, like you said, you know, those affirmations, I just got introduced to affirmations as an adult. So if I can mm. introduce children now ahead of, you know, they'll be ahead of the game once they get to 31, you know? Um, so I wrote it. I actually had an editor and I know that sounds strange because it's like a children's book, but she pushed me, her name is Carmen Shamwell. She pushed me to think about how to relate to children. Mm -hmm. um, again, I wrote it for myself, but for children. And she was like, mm -mm, think about this. Like, instead of telling a kid, get straight A's, why, you know, what's another way to tell them to do their best, not necessarily be perfect, but do their absolute best. And I was like, you're right, because I didn't even get straight A's. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and then I started working with an illustrator from back home and it was going well. Like the concept was going well. The drawings looked amazing. It was almost like a boondocks meets anime type of concept. And the artist got lazy and like stopped working. And it really discouraged me. I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to do this because this is too stressful. And then fast forward to 2019, I am pregnant with a girl. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I owe it to her to put out this piece of work. You know, um, I just have to find someone that's willing to work with me and like thoroughly and be like on point. So I, um, found my illustrator. Her name is Anna. She's 22 years old. Um, she's still in college. <laughs> and I was like, 
you're making bread in college right now. I just want you to know, but she's so talented. And we started wow. working on the concepts in October of last year. And we finished in like May of this year. And I was just so happy. I was like, this is it. You know, like she, she wasn't afraid to push me either when it came to concepts. You know, that's one thing mm -hmm. I think as a creative you have to like, you kind of have a one track mind. You want things to look exactly how you want them to look. You want it to go because it's your art. But yeah. she was an, she's an artist too. So I was like, you know what? I have to respect her artistry and, you know, accept her ideas. We go back and forth, not like in a bad way, but just throwing ideas. And she met me every step of the way. And um, yeah, and now it, I released it the 21st of September and it's it's going great um I'm getting a lot of great responses from parents moms I had one mom hit me and say like her daughter pointed in the book and said that's me mommy and I was like wow that's exactly the response that I want from this book so the uh, process I mean it's really a matter of not giving up even though I wanted to or I thought that I had and my daughter being that inspiration to finish and Dear little black girl is done. There you go. That's all. Um, that's amazing. Like congratulations. Also, what does the book do for you? Even as far as like when you think about your legacy or when your when your daughter gets older, was there some significance there as well too? Absolutely. I mean, you guys have seen me in like party phase, Nina. You know what I mean? Like we out, we lit. And right. not that I still don't want to be that person, but once I got pregnant, everything changed. It was like, you know, when Tristan looks on the internet, I want her to see that her mother had a very clean cut image, you know, that is a reputable woman and had, again, leaving that legacy, as you say, you know, to say my mom was a children's author, you know, this first book was dedicated to me and her having that physical evidence of my legacy, not, just living online, but something she can actually have tangible in her hand and say, this is something my mother created. Um, so that was important. Um, and then, like you said, legacy, I feel like a lot of times we don't think about our legacy. We, we live in the right now, mm. you know, um, but at, once you get over 30, then like your legacy really matters. <laughs> <laughs> you're like oh, wait what am I doing with my like what are people gonna say <laughs> I don't want it to be that no hands with her favorite song you know I want it to be creative she's an artist you know she a hard worker you know um even like being able to give back like I you know community service aspect of things in life like all those things matter now more than ever um, as far as my legacy. For sure. Um, I did want to ask, um, what is the, for you, what is the tie that binds? Like, obviously, you know, you go from um, like a, a baby to a child to a young woman to a grown woman. Like, what is the tie that binds um, all of those experiences? And, and, and um, how were you able to, how will you communicate that to your daughter? Or how have you communicated that in the book? You know, it's like she's growing every day and her personality just, she's already bossy, like straight, mm. up. <laughs> straight up. 
And so I think about the book, honestly, like these affirmations are what carry us from baby because she's infant to adulthood. Mm-hmm. One of the affirmations is save and keep your piggy bank full. You know, mm-hmm. that is something you want to instill in your child and that they carry into adulthood so that they are financially straight. They know how to, they don't have, she doesn't have to go through the same struggle that I went through financially making wrong decisions, you know? Um, And how to translate that is, okay, you're 18. You can go to college, which now that I know so many creatives that don't go to college. (laughs) Um, I have a friend now that works at BT. She's a senior executive and does not have a college degree. Wow. You know, so I'm not saying that college is, you know, out if she chooses to go, absolutely. But it's like, financially, do I provide for your college experience or do we start a business at 18? Mm. That you, you know, whatever it is you're passionate about. Are you a writer? Are you a jewelry maker? Are you, what is your passion? And how can I start your legacy when you turn 18? So that is something you can carry and just be successful at. So um, I would say the affirmations in the book, those all tie, like one of them is um, know your history and respect your ancestors. You know, that is a big one. Just, I think about my grandmother. So I want her to understand like family and how important that is and how important it is to know who you are. So you're confident in who you are and where you come from. So it's just little things like that. Um, I think that's, the point of the book you know that to it travels with her it will travel with her these affirmations start at this young age and just these are things i already know i'm already confident in i've learned and can be proud of carrying through until she's 120 and that she can too pass on to her children why that's dope we ask all of our guests this um what drives you what drives me now or what's always driven me? <laughs> um, either or or both. Okay, so I have two. Um, my grandmother, as I mentioned, she's 90 years old. Um, she used to tell me this story about how she cleaned houses for a dollar and 25 cent a week. Mm-hmm. And with that, driven to new heights, new levels, because I owe it to her to be successful with all the resources that I now have to become successful. You know, she worked very hard to take care of my mother and her sisters. That now that I have the opportunity to be everything that I want to be, I have to be that for her. Um, And then naturally my kid, like she's changed my entire life. <laughs> she changed my entire life. So every morning I get up and I'm driven. I'm tired. Motherhood is tiring. And I just started. Mm. <laughs> I just started. But she gets up, she smiles. She's already driven and determined to do things like crawl. When she couldn't crawl, she would get so upset with herself. <laughs> and push herself to be like no I'm going to move and now we're getting to walking like she's she stands there for like three seconds to be like I can take this step like I know I can do it and so seeing her driven at 
10 months, I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta push. Yep. I might not feel it. Um, mm. Mothers, like, especially with ch- the changes, it's internal changes, it's physical changes, you know, but regardless, she's depending on me to be and provide. So I have to do. Absolutely. Do you have the ladies and gentlemen? Yeah. Love the energy, Nina. Thank you. <laughs> Love Thank you. I appreciate you guys doing this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we got to have you on. Um, just, um, you know, your impact, even to our tribe at that time, that season of life, you know, we always got to stay connected as people who are out here just making more and trying to become more. And um, yeah, so we appreciate you having coming on the podcast. Thank you.